finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. All right, so much for the uh, holiday break, Carano. The holiday break is over. At least for a day, we had to do it. There's just too much going on. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't sit back and watch and read. No, you are compelled. The- you are compelled to talk to the world. I, I said that to you. I said, look at this. There's, I, Look at this. Here's my notebook. It's just full both sides. I got a million little notes and scratches and scribbles and stars on Dece- on Tuesday, December 28th. That's today. And uh, we're like, uh, we're like um, Forrest Gump. I don't think Lieutenant Dan was with him at this point, but Forrest Gump, as you recall, started the uh, Bubba Gump Shrimp Company and yes. had a shrimp boat and he could not uh, catch any shrimp. In fact, they laughed at him because he had enough for a, a little cocktail serving of a cocktail shrimp uh, and it wasn't looking good. But then, you know, a storm came and wiped out all the other shrimp boats and he was all alone. So we are today, we are the uh, the Jenny. The lone the Jenny. Jenny would be uh, Forrest Gump's shrimp boat. And he was alone at sea and I had all, all the shrimp were out there just for him because all the rest of the guys were taking the time off to, uh, I guess, repair their boats. Well, now all the other... Uh, podcasters out there taking the week off and uh posting whatever best ofs or whatever they're doing but we're here live because it's a huge huge day in this country i'm not sure if everyone's aware of this carano i wasn't till last night when i saw that uh, somebody pointed out today december 28th will be the worst day ever in the United States for COVID infections. <laughs> and we want to be here to mark that day because it's just so bizarre. I mean, it, it, it is amazing. We're almost a year into the Biden presidency, almost two years into the pandemic. And uh, most people are vaccinated. <laughs> most people, right. you know, know what they're doing. They, they wear their masks indoors and they whatever, do all the precautions you got to do. And it's worse than ever. Cases, not deaths, cases. And I'll remind everybody, cases really don't matter, particularly cases of Omicron. Um, yesterday was the highest day, the highest total ever. What was yesterday's number? 543,000 cases in the United States. 543,000 cases. That's new infections. And uh, there'll be more than that today. That's not a bad thing. I know uh, most of the panic porn merchants on uh, TV and radio and podcasting don't want to admit that. But if they're Omicron and nobody's dying and virtually nobody's getting hospitalized except the real hypochondriacs and the paranoid, insecure uh, lunatics who are like checking themselves in the hospitals with no symptoms, like they test. Did you read about these people? They test positive. They have no symptoms. They're not like outwardly sick. They're not caught. And they go to the hospital anyway because they did a home test and found out they were positive. And I'm not, I don't know what hospitals do to them. Do they send them home? Do they say, get out of here? Our, you know, we're not treating hypochondria today, so you can go home and uh, so rest up. What, did you see this thread by this Craig Spencer, MD? I, I tweeted it out, but he's, a, he's an ER doctor. And he's saying, like, he's saying, I've seen all these COVID patients 
and all the ones with mild symptoms are the ones who are vaccinated. And I'm like, what mild symptom COVID patient is going to the ER? Who is going to the ER if they <laughs> with, have mild symptoms? With double va- double vax yes. and mild symptoms. It's, it's, I'm telling you, it's hypochondria, it's paranoia, it's insecurity fueled by the media, which is uh, uh, loving this, as we've said many times. The only one who loves COVID more than you know CNN is uh, is Dr. Fauci, who never wants it to end. This is the highlight of his life, the highlight of his career. He turned 81 over the uh, Christmas break, 81 years old, and still doing uh, interviews all day, and still telling people with a straight face. If you haven't seen, haven't heard it, he was on one of his shows with one of his friends, uh, I think MSNBC or CNN, and said you should avoid New Year's Eve parties. The, the guy, the guy's been saying this for two years. He's been wrong about everything, everything for two years, and he still comes out and says, "No, uh, don't go to New Year's Eve parties." By the way, a month ago, as we mentioned, he was spotted at Jonathan Carl's book party in Washington D.C. without a mask, and he said, "You know, he doesn't always wear the mask unless you know people ask him to, or he's, or he's un- or they're uncomfortable, he'll wear it." But he knows it's just theater. He doesn't care. It's the highlight of his life, and he's never, ever going to stop. He's never going to say, okay, Omicron's not a big deal. It's not going to kill you. Don't go to the hospital if you test positive and you're young and healthy and fit. Uh, it, it still is amazing to me that we're, uh, we, we don't talk about you know, getting in shape or losing weight or eating healthy or doing the, you know, things to avoid, or, or we, we hardly talk at all about treatment. We don't talk about therapeutics. It's about... Cases, deaths, masks, and vaccine mandates, and a couple, <clears throat> couple things before we get to the utter, absolute failure that is our uh, 46th president. And I would say yesterday would be the low moment in the almost one year that we've been uh, dealing with this disastrous Biden administration. I would say yesterday was a new low for them. It's a new high for cases of uh, COVID, but it's a new low for the Biden regime. But before we get to that, the, uh, the, uh, the, the latest, the latest on COVID panic, COVID mania was this woman on a flight from Atlanta to somewhere in Florida, short flight. And apparently she was off her meds and on something else. She was uh, doing whatever she was doing. Her lawyer said she was off her meds because she's in big trouble. Her name is Patricia Cornwall. And most people, I think, have probably heard about this already or seen it yeah. already. She's the a woman who berated an 80-year-old man for not wearing his mask while he was eating and drinking on a plane. She did it, notably, while not masked. <laughs> no. Pulled her mask out to yell at him for not wearing a mask. Flipped out. Hit him. Spit on him. Because God knows that's sanitary. You know, in this time of... Uh, this this time of this virus going around she spit on him she got arrested she i believe got uh, handed over to the fbi yeah uh she she's her, took her mugshot arrested her and everything and she always obviously hired a lawyer she's in big trouble today we find out if you haven't heard the latest on patricia cornwell former playboy playmate uh and L.A. Raiders or Oakland Raiders, I don't even know what year she was with them, cheerleader. And she was on Baywatch. Yes, that's right. So in her day, she's 51 now, not not a bad-looking 51-year-old, but in her day, she must have been something else. On Baywatch, on Playboy, 
But did you hear her question that, that she asked or the, 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 what she said to the stewardess or the flight attendant when they tried to get her to take a seat to get out of their way? They were pushing the beverage cart. You can see that the stewardess is there. When they were trying to get her to take a seat that wasn't hers, just sit down. She said, who do you think I am, Rosa Parks? Yes. <laughs> I did say that. <laughs> I, I, and I'm, I'm telling you, she must – I don't know how you get that drunk. I guess you get drunk before you get on the plane when it's such a short flight. But I haven't seen anybody in all the videos we've seen of people flipping out on planes or, an air, or at airports who appears to be in quite this much trouble. There's just no defense. I mean, she, she literally – you could see it. There's video. She hit an 80-year-old oh, man. Yeah. She yeah, spit yeah. on an 80-year-old man yeah. and berated the flight attendant and wasn't wearing her mask. So what's the defense other than, you know, she was she off could her say meds? He, she could say he started it because he he gave her he gave her shit for for that uh, Rosa Parks comment. But that you know that that's her only defense. It's, oh, he started it maybe. But I mean, she struck him. So uh, you know you know you care about COVID when you're spitting on an an 80-year-old man. That's uh, someone who's really genuinely concerned about COVID. But I'm going to say, Patricia, she had some stage name too, didn't she? When she was a model or an actress. Uh, but her, I believe her name, her given name is Patricia Cornwell. And I'm going to guess that she is in real trouble. She is uh, going to jail. She's going to jail for this. It's just the latest video of, of uh, you know, an endless stream of, of these kind of videos of people flipping out on airplanes. My wife was trying to get us, trying to get me to go away this week for, you know, whatever, a few days, go to Florida, get out of here. She wanted to go somewhere warm. Yeah. And not only was it uh, really expensive, it was like a thousand bucks a head to, to fly to Florida, to fly to Fort Myers. Just really overpriced. You couldn't get a rental car. It's just really difficult. But I'm also sitting, as you are, online or on Twitter and just seeing these. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, an airport scene on the news, just insanity. Canceled, what was yesterday? They canceled like 3,000 flights in this country mm. and just bedlam, as you can imagine, at the airport of people yelling and screaming and demanding. And then they show like the family sleeping on the floor in the airport. Seems like a and disaster I, traveling right now. I, I said, I don't think I, I could handle that right now. I no. don't think I could handle, you know, someone yelling at me for letting my mask slip or for, uh, or them just canceling the flight because. I don't know. They fired all the flight attendants because they didn't, uh, you know, get vaxxed. It is amazing. Joe Biden is calling up the National Guard to work air, uh, uh, hospitals. Yes. You know, they fired like whatever it was, 10,000 nurses, doctors, ER, uh, you know, EMTs because they weren't vaxxed. People that already had COVID, got through COVID, had the natural immunity. They got fired. And now we have this shortage at hospitals how how i know i'll ask this i ask it a lot i'll ask it every day um how insane is that and what if donald j trump were president and we fired all these healthcare workers and then said you know what we're going to call up you know some 19 year old kid from the national guard to, to man the uh, he'd be skewered the mainstream media would be all over him i mean they've they've given biden a pat he's had I tweeted this yesterday. I think he's had the worst first year as a president ever. I couldn't think of anyone, anyone who's who's had a worse first year. And the mainstream media, if that were Trump, would have you're absolutely right, would have been all over him. And they've been largely silent uh, this whole it time. Is, I mean, I, you know, I think they're going to start coming around because, if, as as we talked about before, like uh, they're starting to admit grudgingly on CNN and NBC that the, that the lockdowns have done great harm to children. Yeah. 
that they that maybe they weren't necessary and maybe some of this the overreaction led by Fauci and led by the Democrats has done more damage than good. I think we've uh, reached the point where anyone is being honest. It's it's got to this point. <clears throat> if you were to tell ask somebody, just someone you know who hates Trump and likes Biden and voted for Biden, you know, just tell me one one good thing. One, they can't do it. <laughs> He's not Trump. That's to them. That is the one good thing. He's not Donald Trump. But beyond that, what are you going to mention? The border, Afghanistan, inflation. Nothing. I mean, what can you say? No victories. Other than you know, uh, it, it can only get better now after one disastrous year. You know, I guess the only thing you could say good about the president is that he's not the vice president. I guess. She's a bigger disaster and she's less popular and she's the reason nobody really wants to pull out, to whip out the 25th Amendment yet because she is our 47th president. She will ascend to that office at some point and nobody wants to see that. But uh, I mean, nobody. But we'll get to, uh, I want to get to these, get to why. It was the low point in this first year, this disastrous first year. The visual was worse than the audio yesterday from the Biden uh, White House before he slinked off to one of his multi-million dollar beach houses in uh, Delaware. It was just, I mean, I, I can't even believe they, they did this on purpose, what they did yesterday from the Oval Office. But I want to get to that. We can, we can get back to Patricia Cornwall because the... The audio is pretty wild, and uh, there's just so much more to get to. Uh, Jared Smeck, you know Jared Smeck is? Well, you yes. should, because he pranked Joe Biden, and he just got everybody on the left all upset because, you know, you would never do something that cruel to uh, Donald Trump. You'd never say something that uh, disrespectful about Donald Trump. Uh, we'll get to that because Jared Schmeck, uh spoke. He did an interview yesterday, and... Uh, He's he's hardcore. He, he's hardcore. He's not just some guy who goofed on Joe Biden. He is a hardcore uh, Trump uh, MAGA guy. Um, we'll get to the uh, interview with Joe uh, with uh, Bill Belichick after the Patriots game. A lot of the media they were very upset with a woman who snuck in there and asked an inappropriate question. Uh, we'll talk about that. And the Patriots game was pretty pretty grim. Um, and uh, I watched uh, Don't Look Up. Don't look up the big Netflix that you haven't seen that yet. Have not you yet, missed no. a movie guy? I will see it, but not yet. No. You I, will see it. Uh, it didn't, it didn't offend me. It didn't offend me. I'll, I'll give you my review okay. of, of don't look up and a lot more in today's Callahan show, a uh, special edition of the Callahan show during this holiday week. Uh, you could say that now because Christmas is over. New Year's is coming. It's yes. Christmas and New Year's week. But uh the show is brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU, and they could help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA. Membership required. All right, this... Um, this, uh, you know, most people, I should say, probably most people didn't see this, didn't hear it, don't care. They're busy. They're they're doing things. It's Christmas, New Year's, and it's not a big news week. But uh, it was perhaps the most <laughs> pathetic admission of failure I think I've ever seen, heard from a uh, from the White House, from a commander in chief. 
I think we all know why Joe Biden won the election uh, last year. We know why he is president. COVID, right? COVID. Oh, yeah. That's COVID exactly, changed that's, everything. That's, COVID yeah. allowed him to hide in the basement, allowed the media to campaign for him. He didn't have to go on, on the campaign trail. COVID allowed for mail-in balloting and lots of other uh, ways, new ways. And didn't, to, they only do, didn't they only do one debate? Is that true as well? No, there was more than one. Uh, was it two? I think Maybe they, they canceled two, one. They still, yeah, so they didn't I think do it was one. Two, but uh, right, and he right, he had the Chris Wallace, right, and Biden. The Chris Wallace and Biden teamed up on yes. Trump in one, and then another one was I forget who it was Caitlin Collins or somebody, but it changed everything. And there was one theme above all others, and it was Joe Biden saying Trump failed. Trump failed. He said under uh, Donald Trump, I believe it was four hundred thousand who uh, died of COVID. And according to Joe Biden, every single one of those people would have been would be alive today if not for Donald Trump. It's his fault they died, which means more than uh, 400,000 have died under Joe Biden. Even I think CNN's admitting it now that the death toll, despite three vaccines, therapeutics and a lot more knowledge, more people have died under Joe Biden than under Donald Trump. So he killed every single one of them. Every single one of them would be alive if not for. Joe Biden, those are his rules, not mine. But his big campaign promise, if there's one promise, one proclamation that defines a campaign, it's simple. With Biden, it was, I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. If you had a nickel for every time he said that, Carano, you wouldn't be uh, here with me. You'd be somewhere warm. Yeah. Um, he said it over and over again. I mean, granted, it's, it's kind of a big, a big promise, but he was going to do things better than Donald Trump, correct? He was going to do things differently. They, I mean, obviously, he was, he's a big you know, teachers union guy, so he was going to shut down to keep the schools closed. He, was going to, he doesn't care about small business. God knows, going to shut down business. He was going to open the border, but he was going to make all U.S. citizens test and, and get vaxxed, or they're going to, you know, they, they, we were going to have... Uh, you know, major, a major war on the unvaxxed. That was part of his strategy. But anyway, things were going to get better. There were going to be fewer cases, fewer deaths, and the uh, virus eventually was going to leave us, and we were going to get on with our lives. That was the big promise. Yeah. I don't know if you, uh, I can't even think of anything else. I mean, he didn't talk that much about whatever, Afghanistan. He certainly didn't talk about the border because he was going to stop the wall and open the border and let everyone come pouring in here untested, unvaxxed, didn't matter. Future Democrat voters were important. He needed to open the border, but he didn't talk about it. He talked about one thing over and over and over again. Same with Kamala. One thing over and over again, and that was stopping the virus. So I think we could say after almost a year, he failed. He did fail, count. and he admitted he failed. he failed. Today, again, big day. We're going to have more cases today than ever, despite three vaccines, despite the therapeutics and treatments and everything else. Despite the knowledge we have, we're going to have more cases than ever. That is on Joe Biden. But what he did yesterday, I guess, I'll give him credit, I guess, he admitted it. He admitted he has no solution. He has no answer before slinking off with the old man walk to the chopper to Delaware. Before slinking off in the rain, he said, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, he said, there's no federal solution. This was a guy who a year ago promised over and over again that there was a federal solution. 
yesterday said, sorry, no federal solution. You guys are on your own. Um, he told this to the governors as well, you know, state, you know, you guys, you got to do something governors. We got nothing, but I don't know what, uh, what sound, do you have the sound actually yeah, from wanna, the Oval wanna, office? Well, so here's the, right. The first four seconds is, is, uh, is that portion. Then the rest is a supercut of him being very confident about, uh, how he would oh. perform against COVID. Want to hear it? Oh, good. I want to hear that. There it is. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. I am not going to shut down the economy, period. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. Once we shut down the virus and deliver economic relief, I'm going to shut down the virus, but not. What, what, what do you say to that if you're a Biden voter, if you're a Biden supporter? What disaster, do you say to that? Absolute, abject failure, disaster. So you you destroy the economy. Uh, you put a That's lot of true. kids they in did. harm's way. <laughs> he he you, was wrong on both counts. He shut down the economy. You you pushed a vax mandate, um, which is I think is probably going to be found unconstitutional here pretty soon, which is maybe why he's admitting to this now. I don't know. Uh, all these things, all these destructive things you did because you promised that you would stop the virus. Well, I mean, we knew that was bullshit, but you promised, and now you are admitting you couldn't do it. Disaster. I always say the biggest lie, presidential lie, biggest lie from a president in my life is Obama when he said, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor, keep your doctor. If you like your health care plan, you can keep your health care plan. Yeah. And that, I guess that still remains the biggest lie because he knew 100% he knew that was a lie. He said it anyway, and it worked. He passed Obamacare strictly on party lines. The public supported it because he looked them in the eye and lied. People didn't want to give up their doctor or their health, and he told them they didn't have to. He knew it wasn't true. That's pretty big when you can have a, be a bigger liar than Bill Clinton or, a, or a Richard Nixon or anybody else. I mean, you can that to me, it was the biggest presidential lie because it was so... It, it had such an impact, you know, and it, it, it's, it was it was so effective. I mean, they took over the healthcare industry based on that. So it still reigns supreme because Biden, it's hard to blame Biden for telling a big whopper because he doesn't know what he was saying. He didn't know. I mean, it's just, it just, just cliche. We're going to shut down the virus. And I think any honest doctor or epidemiologist, not, not Fauci or Walensky, but someone who's being honest would say, can't shut down a virus. That's not how it works. Uh, but it, you know, it was a campaign promise. He knew it was probably not true, but he didn't care. He just, as usual, just reading off a teleprompter, which is what they told him to do, and he did it. But let's not forget what he said. I mean, he 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 berated uh, DeSantis. He did on DeSantis in Florida and and other effective governors like Abbott in Texas. And remember what he said? He said, you don't have to be part of the solution, but get out of the way. Yep. Get out of the way. So the guy who told DeSantis and other governors to get out of the way yesterday told them, we got nothing. This is on you. And, and I think he meant it literally. We got nothing in terms of tests. I think this other thing that's going to be hard for them to cover up, hard to them to, to protect, for the media to protect their guy, is the tests. Because it was what three months ago that he was uh, he he declined the chance to load up on whatever it was seven hundred 
million tests. Now we're good. We're good. So now there's this shortage of tests and these insane people who are waiting in line for three hours. <laughs> and I swear to God, most of them are asymptomatic. Most of them don't. They're just paranoid. You know, they wait in line, whether they're in their cars or in their in their and you see them and they're in, you know, whatever, in Boston or New York or somewhere, you know, Michigan. And they're it's cold and they're allegedly sick and they stand in line for three hours to get a test even though they don't have any symptoms. Is that not some kind of sign of uh, insanity? It's, yes, Is that not, mental sickness. <laughs> I mean, are they not proving that they're mentally ill just by doing that? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you're not sick, like, what are you What are you doing? Like, what are you it's, doing? Why are you going to the hospital if you, if you have mild symptoms? Why not? Well, like, every other year, you've had a cold, you've had a flu, we have colds, we have flus right. in the wintertime, that happens. What do you normally do? You sit at home, you take your vitamin C, you drink a lot of water, you get some rest, and you're good. Unless you are in a lot of pain or in a lot of discomfort, just treat it like a cold. Like, why are you freaked out? Have you seen the uh, comparison? It's good. I think it's the CDC description of the Omicron yes. uh, variant. And, it, and it's like five symptoms. They're the exact same things that are written on the, I think it was Sudafed or some NyQuil. cold medicine. NyQuil, NyQuil yeah. yeah. So they, they list the five things that NyQuil does for you or whatever, cures or helps you with. And they're the same. It's runny nose, you know, fever, uh, sluggish, tired, yeah. fatigue, fatigue, and and like the exact same symptoms for this deadly Omicron virus that doesn't kill anybody. But uh, as as for a cold, and yet people who think they're sick spend three hours in line to find out if they're sick. If you're waiting in line for three hours, particularly outside, standing up, you're probably not sick. You're probably right? all right. I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to make it. You're not up for that. You know, you're you're looking at that and saying, I can't do it. And, I, you know, I'd like to know whether I'm confirmed or, but I can't do that. I don't feel good. I don't feel up to it. So the people who are doing that are by definition not sick. I understand because of this insane world we live in that some of them need that negative test to go wherever, to go to grandma's house, to go to visit someone or to go to uh, in, the, in the work if they're not vaccinated. Uh, so I'd say half of them at least are just going through the motions so they can get the little form that said they tested negative. Yeah. Well, what about the rest? What about the ones causing this backlog, the ones who are asymptomatic and just really, really uh, paranoid or insecure? It's kind of insane what we're living through. But, it's, you know, it's, it's, now, it's the visual representation of the, of the media creating panic. Now we're seeing the results of it. Yes, I would say... Uh, the, the, the media definitely shares some of responsibility. I mean, I I was flipping around this morning, and it is they they still focus on cases. <clears throat> you know, in this scary new the variant, they don't want to tell you like it doesn't kill you, it doesn't hurt you. If you get it, you'll be fine. They they want you to think they go from cases to deaths, eight hundred and uh, let's see, I got them in front of me, uh, deaths. 839,605. And I think the average person who passes away from this virus has like four other comorbidities. Yeah, average they're a lot older is too, yeah. 80, yeah. you know, the obese, the, like 78% of the people who get hospitalized are obese. We still are watching, you know, like kids, college kids, you know, they're, they're stopping, you know, college sports and some canceling bowl games, canceling college Whatever hockey games, basketball games, and you're saying, "Wait, these kids are healthy. They're thin. They're in shape. They're in great shape." 
who cares if they if they test positive? So what? A year ago. So a year ago, I'm looking at the average case. Let me look at the seven-day average. So Jan basically January of 2021, we have double the cases right now and half the deaths of a year ago. Double the cases, half the deaths. And three, you know, three vaccines and all kinds of you know, therapeutics. And we know what we're doing. And yet people want to think that, you know, the, the worst, we're at, we're at this point. And Biden didn't help yesterday. I, I guess I guess I'll give him credit for being honest and not lying anymore about shutting down the virus and saying, we got nothing. We got no federal solution. We got no test. It's up to you. Remember the states? Anytime DeSantis tried to do something, like he tried to do the monoclonal antibody yeah, they uh, it. stations, they berated him. They, you know, they, Biden and his and his uh, his team, his crew, is you know, uh, Saki and Klein and and you know MSNBC and NBC, CNN. They all Washington Post, New York Times, the entire Biden team attacked DeSantis. You know, for going it alone and you know uh, uh, lying to people about therapeutics. I think this is just another day that's uh, uh, provided a big boost to uh, the DeSantis in 2024 campaign, which hopefully we're going to see. Hopefully that Trump doesn't squeeze him out, doesn't box him out. Uh, but it is it is hard to imagine how it could be any worse for Joe Biden. Like I've said before, if you were a pre if, if if Biden were there and he had one goal, destroy you know, the country just from the White House, from the Oval Office. It's hard to imagine him doing anything differently than he's done for the last year, whether again, you name it, Afghanistan, COVID, the border, you name it. It's been a disaster. Um, and I would say beyond a disaster, it's become in many ways a laughing stock. And I think that was uh, exemplified the other day. And lots of lots of people, lots of, you know, Biden people in the media, lots of Biden people, uh, in the uh, uh, Congress, we're not happy with one Jared Schmeck. Schneck. How do you say? Is it Schmeck? Uh, Schmeck? It's S C H M E C K. So I'm going to go with Schmeck. Schmeck. Tough, tough name to to go through life with. It is. Jared Schmeck is an electrician, a dad from Oregon, and he was on this NORAD call, which he says he explains he does it every year with his kids. And I've never, I don't think I ever did that with my kids. You call NORAD, you find out where Santa is and oh, is yeah. he coming. That's right. Yeah. And I guess you put it on speaker and the kids all get excited. Uh, I mean, I remember seeing it on TV where they would track Santa like on the radar, but I don't ever remember being on this call. So the, the White House has a cute little idea. They'll, you know, they, they, it's kind of like the same, uh, same theory as when they, Got a prop, I mean, a puppy. Yeah, we pull the things that isn't, isn't this cute? President has a new puppy. Uh, got rid of the old dog because he you know, wasn't really photogenic anymore. But so they put him on the call. They put Dr. Jill on the call with Jared Schmeck. And Jared Schmeck does, uh, he's perfectly cordial, talks to him, thanks him. And then he uh, throws in those uh, three words uh, which the Democrats would like to make you believe are vulgarities or profanities they're using slur but they're saying uh they're the saying slur, oh, right? the slur. Slur. It's, it's like what isn't that the genius of it and you know, i mean that the idea that you could do this and they can call it a slur or the the equivalent of whatever a racial slur or vulgarity and you go what what's the what's the vulgar part well you know it's like actually well. i don't explain it to me and they can't explain it that's the genius of let's go brandon and jared schmeck 
snuck in a, 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 a let's go Brandon to Biden. And I'm not sure which is the most embarrassing part, that he did this and said it right to the face or into the phone with the president, or the president repeated it yes. and seemed, seemed to not understand what it is. Wasn't that amazing? Yes. That, I mean, if that were, obviously Dr. Jill knew and anyone else would just say, yeah, whatever, and they'd move on, just try to downplay it. He says it. And, and and laughs and says, yeah, let's go, Brandon, the president, a guy, a guy who, you know, guy that this is mocking. It is mocking him. And he doesn't understand it. That was amazing. But can we hear Jared Schmeck with the Bidens? Uh, yeah, here. I think I got it. Hey, well, I hope you have a wonderful... yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Wonderful Merry Christmas and let's go, Brandon. Bye-bye. Ah, sorry, that was from <laughs> hey, his well, that's from his perspective, so we couldn't hear their reply. Well, we got Biden. Uh, you know, Biden says, Yeah, let's go, Brandon. And uh, again, I guess I could see why people are uh, whatever. I think it's mean and inappropriate because it was a cute little Christmas call. Yeah. But wasn't it rich to listen to all the uh uh, Democrats and and believe me on on Twitter it was hilarious because there's I think I've mentioned this before there's a Twitter account called Deplorable I mean uh, Defiant L's and it tracks hypocrisy among liberals you know that do one thing one day and the tweet this you know the uh, opposite thing the next day and it was an endless stream of people who said f Trump and then turned around and said this was so inappropriate this was wrong you can't oh, talk yeah. like that to a president over and over one after another and uh, you know the this guy at least, I mean, has a sense of humor. Jared Smeck was laughing about it, smiling about it. Think of like Robert De Niro at the Tony Awards. Comes out and just says, F Trump. And you go, it wasn't funny or creative. He's just angry. Or Kathy Griffin holding the severed head right. of Donald Trump. Those people, they got no ground to stand on here. They can't get upset about what Jared Smeck did to the president. But here's the other amazing thing is, yeah, maybe it's only interesting to to us in our little world. Oh, I'm looking at another one. Eric Swalwell yeah. said this was indecent right. and inappropriate. Eric Swalwell, who had a sexual relationship with a Chinese spy for years, who's most famous, by the way, or infamous, for farting on live TV. <laughs> he thought it was indecent to say, let's go, Brandon. All these people who said over and over, F Trump, thought it was inappropriate to say, let's go, Brandon. Anyway, think of this and just think of the, what we've come to is this guy sitting in Oregon with his MAGA hat on, um, decided to do an interview and tell his side of the story. And did he go, did he call, you know, Hannity? Did he call Tucker? Did he call whatever, uh, uh, you know, Dan Bongino? He went to Steve Bannon, <laughs> Steve Bannon's podcast, the war room. And sat there and shot the breeze with Steve Bannon and explained that I, I know there were people on our side said, Oh, it's just a joke. He's just a guy. He doesn't really, really but he's hardcore. This is a guy who thinks, you know, I don't know if you have the sound of I him do, with Bannon. Yeah. yeah, I do. And saying the election was stolen and Trump's the real president. He was saying things which are borderline illegal in this country right now. You know, you go on and tweet what he said, or you go on TV and you get, uh, you get canceled in many cases. They're going to try, I think they're already trying to ruin this guy, this electrician. I, he probably knows if they're going to come after him. I'm sure they're going to pressure pressure his employer to to fire him. Oh, I'm sure. 
because he did things that, you know, in the country right now are just not allowed. He said, I don't think Joe Biden's a legit president, but, uh, and he says it so matter of factly. Yeah. He, he sounds kind of like a little bit, I wish that he weren't so conspiratorial. Uh, this would have been a lot more funny if he were uh, more lucid about things, I think. But I, actually I, the- I agree because he does, uh, he does sound a little bit right conspiratorial, mm, yeah. but I do think I give him credit for not backing down That's and not true. saying, oh, I was just kidding, you know, because I, I mean, he has to know they're going to pressure his employer and try to ruin him. He has to know that, you know, the parents at his kids, kids school are going to hate him and he didn't hold back. He didn't back down. And he, he's, he seems pretty sharp. He seems, you know, hell, he he's does. more articulate, I wonder more articulate the, than Trump. The Bannon thing is interesting though, that you, you point that out. I wonder if, because why wouldn't he go on Tucker or something? I wonder if the Tucker people vetted him and were just like, uh, seems a little bit Ooh. like a little crackpotish. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll skip this one. That's a good question. Although I think these guys like Tucker and Hannity are probably off this week. They probably said oh, we'll get him be. next week. That could be. But, but I, I just think of where we are. He goes on Bannon and he says things that aren't allowed on other, you know, platforms. And you go, wait a second, this is, <laughs> this is America. Unless you're threatening to kill somebody, you could say what you want. Yeah, you could say I think the election was illegitimate. You could say Trump's my president. I mean, it's it's crazy, crazy talk. But why is that not allowed? I mean, people after you know after Bush beat Gore, they said not legitimate, and uh, Gore's the real president. After after Trump beat Hillary, Hillary still says you know the election was stolen and she you know, wasn't legitimate. And, yes. I mean. It's crazy talk, but you're allowed to say it. This is like the only thing you're not allowed to say in America, which should chill everyone to the bone. It is scary to think big tech, big media is going to come after you if you say something like, you know, they stole the election. And Trump's not, my president. And, and, you go, Whoa. and it's not like they're attacking someone who's vulnerable. We're, we're talking about the most powerful person on the, on the planet. Like, well, that's, that's, what big media, be able to that's what the media does now is they protect the powerful. I yes. told you they're satanic. It's just like, just like the, you know, what Satan does, the angel heart, the Satan protects the powerful. They protect the powerful. Big tech protects the powerful. That's another lesson from the great new book, Laptop from Hell. As you go through it and you realize what big tech, big media did, they set out to protect the Bidens, protect the, the ultimate example of white privilege is Hunter Biden. Nobody has enjoyed privilege more than Hunter Biden in this country ever. And the media's there to help. I got but, the uh, uh, I got the audio book, book version of that, so I'll be listening to that on my way up to Maine tomorrow. Oh, audio book, really? Well, because well, I can drive I and listen. I don't know who, uh, it's, it's, I mean, there's a lot of technical stuff in the middle about, you know, a lot of transactions and these corporate, these phony corporations he sets up and the money he's uh, making and stealing. And, and, and it's, I mean, a lot of that, but when you, uh, the stuff about him, you know, uh, renting $10,000 room, uh, $10,000 hotel rooms and hookers and, co- and Coke and crack and yeah. being, it's just wild. Like I said, it's like reading about, uh, you know, Freddie Mercury or Charlie Sheen. If Charlie Sheen's father were the president, that's what it's like. That's what this book is like, and it's a great read. But let's hear Jared Smack, conspiracy theorist and MAGA moron who's just going to upset everybody on the left by uh, admitting that he was uh, that he hates Biden and pranked him, you know, on purpose. 
it, it, I know it, it was said in a in a joking manner, in a humorous manner, but it's a very serious uh, thing. And and I mean, it, it's it was one way for me to like, man, I, I got a chance right now to to voice my disapproval of of this man and his administration. And what is what is that? What is that? You're you're John Q. Public. What is that? What is that disapproval? Can you define that for us? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, let's go, Brandon. Is and I and I've said it in other articles. I, I am a Christian man. Uh, it's for me, it's God first and foremost. I don't follow any one man blindly. Um, some of the media has run with that and said I don't support Donald Trump. That's absolutely false. Donald Trump is my president, and he should still be president right now. <laughs> okay. uh, the election was 100% stolen. Um, so I, I just want to make that clear. Um, but uh, let's go, Brandon. Is is more than just. F. Joe Biden. Uh, Let's go, Brandon. Is encompasses the the entirety of our frustration with Joe Biden, the administration, the leftist mob, the cancel culture, the mainstream media. They, they're the ones who made this uh, a thing, and uh, we're we're able as uh, as conservatives, we're able to find humor in this. Um, but there, there's terrible things going on. Uh, we've got the debacle in Afghanistan. I mean, they're not even talking about that anymore. It's crazy to me how quickly they they forgot that story and no one's talking about it. And there's still people trapped over there. Um, we've got the uh, supply chain issues. We've got the inflation rates. Uh, we've got uh, terrible policies on, on abortion. I'm a very pro-life person um, and uh, absolutely terrible uh, policies on abortion. Um, and the, the border crisis, uh, the federal mandates regarding vaccines. I mean, it, it just... There's, there's more than I could even say. <laughs> I, I have a feeling uh, Jared Schmeck is going to have to like move to Texas if he wants to continue to uh, be employed as an electrician. Yeah, him and, Rittenhouse, or- him, him and Rittenhouse will have to move in together somewhere <laughs> far away. He's in Oregon, Oregon, right? He's in Oregon? <sighs> I think, yeah, I'll, I'll check. I don't know. That's, that's a pretty damn blue state. I mean, they're going to come for him. And uh, he's got kids, obviously. So uh, good luck to him. But I give him credit, man. He didn't back down. He didn't come out. I, I was afraid to say, oh, I didn't mean anything by it. I thought once they, you know, started harassing his employer or, you know, calling him that he would suddenly get all squishy. And he didn't. He didn't. I mean, he's a little out there on the fringe, but he stuck to his guns. And uh, you he, are- there's a reason. There's a reason he went on to tell the story with Steve Bannon. Oregon is correct. He, that's where he lives. Wow. I'd be shocked if he uh, has a job by uh, New Year's Day, oh, yeah. by next uh by next money. All right, we got to get on. We got to get on to this Patriot story because it's pretty good. Do you want to do uh, my pillow first? Can we talk a little bit about my pillow? Oh, or are you? Yeah, you let's talk about my pillow. Yeah, I do want to. I always want to do my pillow. Yeah, always because I, we love my pillow. By the way, we've been on since Christmas Eve. Mm. Amazing job by Mike Lindell and his my pillow crew. They went to a May uh, Mayfield, Kentucky, I believe. That's where they were, right? Yeah, Kentucky, they would get, which got destroyed by the uh, tornado. And they gave out 10,000 pillows to people who could really use, really need them, really use them. Mayfield. Uh, you know, other people, they forgot about Mayfield pretty quick because, you know, it's just flyover country and they couldn't use it politically. So, But Mike Lindell was there for him because he's, he's that kind of guy. And today's show is sponsored by MyPillow. You can go to MyPillow.com, use the code word Jerry. G-E-R-R-Y for huge discounts. You can get the standard MyPillow, which is normally $69.98 for $19.98. I'd call that a huge discount. MyPillow is made in the USA. comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're not going to have to worry about that because this pillow is the best pillow you've ever had. It's machine washable and dryable. Most comfortable pillow you'll ever sleep on. 
Get it now and you can support this show and you can strike back against cancel culture like us. Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the mob. By purchasing from MyPillow, not only are you helping this show, helping out us, but you're joining us in fighting back against cancel culture. MyPillow is not in the big box stores. We know all about that. But you can get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using the code word Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y. I got the Giza sheets, which I love. I got the uh, the pillow, and I got the dog bed for Bug the Chug, and he loves it. Uh, you'll you'll love it, too. Go to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code Jerry. I see you took care of uh, one of our fine interns by getting him, uh, getting him some MyPillow stuff. That's exactly right. Uh, I'm not sure if it's arrived yet because I know that uh, shipping was a little bit more delayed as we got closer to Christmas. This we wasn't were, wasn't really a Christmas gift anyway, so we weren't. Uh, it didn't That's have true. to get them there by Christmas. It, were, were, it was a reward for a job well done. Yes, in this yes, both of them done. Calendar year, job. so we took care. Of, That's a good thing. That's what else you can do. Go to MyPillow.com, code word Jerry, and send some reward them if they've done a good job for you in 2021. I would have been telling you about Shea Concrete for a long, long time. Today, we're sitting with the man who makes it all work, the man in charge of the whole place, my brother-in-law, Greg. Hey, Greg, seems like business is booming at Shea Concrete. We're cranking that out, Jerry. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, what's holding you back these days? We could use some good help. You need people? We need people. How many people do you need? At least 20 people. 20? Well, what kind of people? We have positions driving trucks, working in the production plants, estimating engineers, all kinds. Do you need any podcasters? <laughs> and all we do have the precast podcast. Well, I, I think it seems like a great place to work, as I tell people. It's a family atmosphere. You guys are good to your people. There's a great gym here at the headquarters. Uh, what's holding you back? Why can't you find people? Besides being to work on time, you have to pass the drug test. Ooh, <laughs> you have to pass a drug test. That's all it takes. All right, if people want to uh, come see you, they want to talk, what do they have to do? Bunch of ways. They can, if they want to be a team member, they can go to shakeconcrete.com, fill out an application. They can come to our, any of our offices. We got four locations. They can call me up directly. They can email jobs at shakeconcrete.com. And you'll give them a hat? And you'll we'll give them a hat. Hats. Yep. All right, sounds good. Shakeconcrete.com. I saw a really cool, uh, nice cafeteria here. Can we go have lunch? Oh, absolutely. We got empanadas and chicken. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what they are, but I'm going to go have an empanada. Anything else? Are we moving on? We can move on. We can move on. We can move on. I want to get to uh, this uh, Patriots game Sunday. You and I were wrong. We predicted I predict the Patriots to keep rolling. They got dominated Sucked. by uh, Buffalo. It was kind of surprising. I, you know, I, I generally, when you sit down and watch a Patriots game with Bill Belichick on the sideline, you don't expect the team to just get steamrolled. And they did. Josh Allen, uh, quarterback for Buffalo, they didn't sack him. He he embarrassed them, and uh, he just he's just a blast to watch. If you're a neutral party, I can't think of too many guys who are more entertaining than Josh Allen, and who will be around for a while. Unfortunately for uh, New England, this guy ain't going anywhere. He might get hurt because he does have big balls. And he likes to run. He does, yeah. But he's young and he's tough and he fits in so beautifully there. The Patriots, the Bills did not punt. That was my favorite stat of the game. First time in Belichick's career that he's lost to a team that did not punt once. They didn't. I don't think they sacked Allen once, and they didn't. They didn't have to return a single punt, which was amazing. And uh, Mac Jones, I guess, of uh, I, 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 
Should have expected him to hit a rookie wall at some point, but he was not good. He was not accurate. They they pressured him a little bit, but uh, there were more you know errant throws than I've seen from him all year. But and, the bigger uh, problem was, was the defense. The defense could do nothing. They couldn't stop they, him at all. They could not. It was a terrible performance by the defense against this Buffalo team. And uh, you know they, they they'll they'll make the playoffs, but it was a huge blow to their chances of getting the you know winning the division, getting the top seed, getting a bye, getting a a home game or two, and uh, all that went out the window. They went from first seed to fifth, I believe. And yeah. they got an easy game this week in Jacksonville, and then they finish with Miami at Miami. And I think they'll win the last two games because uh, obviously Jacksonville's a mess. Urban Meyer pulled the rug out from under them. And then the Dolphins, which are an amazing story. I don't know if you watched it all last night, but they beat uh, an undermanned New Orleans team that didn't have a quarterback, and they just they, they beat them up pretty good. But this team has this team lost seven in a row and won seven in a row. Yeah, the first team ever to do that. But their seven game winning streak is not that impressive. You know, they had the Jets twice, they had the Giants, they had the Saints with Ian Book at quarterback. So, I mean, they've won seven in a row, which is good. Nice little comeback for Brian Flores. Maybe they'll you know sneak into the playoffs, but they are not uh, a powerhouse. And I think the Patriots will handle them and win their the last couple games. But you know, you go on the road in the playoffs. You don't. You got to play wild card weekend. It's a whole different deal than than they're used to. And they when the, when they get the top seed and they have a bye and they have two home games and boom, they're in the Super Bowl. It was a hell of a lot easier than it looks right now. But the big story wasn't Josh Allen. It wasn't Patriots defense or Mac Jones or anything else. The big story was a reporter who I don't have her name. You don't have her name, do you? I should have that. Let's see if I can find it a reporter who came to the post-game press conference, and I laughed out loud when I heard this because it was, you know, it, it was not what you usually hear or see at a post-game press conference. It was some TV person doing a story, if you haven't heard, on New Year's resolutions. Perfectly appropriate thing to ask players, coaches, on an, you know, off day, midweek, you know, slow day. And 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 also, isn't it kind of the thing you hear on New Year's Eve? This was a week before New Year's. And she wanted to know if Bill Belichick had any New Year's resolutions. And this really upset a lot of the uh, media guys, a lot of the NFL, the Patriots beat guys, uh, because it was uh, uh, not the time or the place, you know? You're supposed to ask questions about the game. I think it was, uh, I don't want to say, I think it was stupid just because she was never going to get an answer. I mean... Doesn't that matter if you are asking a question? Shouldn't you be able to get an answer? I mean, there was no way Belichick was ever going to give him, give her his New Year's resolutions, even if no he way. won the game. Even if he won the game, even if he was in a great mood, she wasn't going to get an answer. And I guess some people are blaming her boss or her director or program, whatever producer who put her up to this stupid assignment, getting New Year's resolutions. But she did it. She, you know, as as Tom Brady said, his... He hopes to some be someday be as courageous and as brave as this reporter. And everyone laughed about that because it does take some guts to say, excuse me, coach, what's your New Year's resolution? And he we don't have to play it. He just says, No, I'm not gonna do that right now. Maybe next week. He was he was pretty polite, wouldn't you say? He wasn't he didn't he was. bite her face no, off. No, he did not. Uh the biggest problem was how meek she was when she asked it though. If you're if you're gonna do that, you gotta go all in. But she was like, uh, excuse me, sir, I'm really sorry, but I've got well, to, she's just so meek and me to believe that she didn't it. want to do it. She was kind of forced. 
uh, to do it by uh, whoever, her boss. And, and again, if it were midweek, Belichick, I don't know if I'd even answer it then, but if, here's uh, what uh, our friend Alex Reamer made a good point. He said all the media people who were berating her and belittling her for doing this, if he'd answered, if Belichick had said, for whatever reason, Belichick had felt compassionate, compassion for her and said, you know, I'll give her an answer. I'm uh, hoping to lose you know, 10 pounds or I really want to give up, you know, sweets or I'm going to stop drinking or something, whatever, a typical New Year's resolution, eat more vegetables. Every one of those reporters would have used that, probably would have led their notebook with it. Uh, they, would have, they would have loved it if Belichick surprised everybody with an actual answer. But they couldn't stand the fact that she uh, dared ask uh, uh, such an inappropriate question or such a, uh, such, such a question at such an inappropriate time. Um, let me get uh, uh, a Reamer list a bunch of uh, um, bunch of media people who uh, just who, let's use you Google Reamer. All you get is, is things he said about. Brady's daughter. Right. Brady's daughter. How many years ago was that? Three, four years ago? Uh, yeah, four years ago. Poor Reamer's never going to live it down. Um, but uh, he lists a bunch of uh, tweets and all the umbrage that the media took with this question. But, you know, it was <laughs> the problem is that you don't get anything out of Belichick anyway. So why not ask something stupid? You know, what's what does it take away from? I don't know. I'm trying to find her name. I, they're like, all these articles are not mentioning her. I wonder if they're trying to protect her. Really? Yeah, well, I mean, maybe. I, 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 I could do some more searching, but... I mean, uh, it's not that important. No, but, but it's uh, just weird that we can't say the reporter... Like, it, they're, they're saying a reporter asked him. They're not saying reporter, this person's name from this publication, asked him. Very strange. Yeah, Reamer, don't be mad at a reporter for asking the question. I mean... So she, if you asked this, I love this charade that you uh, pretend like Belichick actually is going to say anything ever about anything relevant or anything important. He doesn't ever. No, we pretend sometimes. Oh, Belichick said this about Brady. Brady is greatest player ever. I mean, it's he, he he's a master. He's the most disciplined guy I've ever seen because he never, ever wants to give the media anything. And he never slips up and accidentally says anything. No, it's very rare. It's always got to play better. Three phases of the game. Got to coach better. Got to play better. Got to kick better. Got to whatever. It's all the same. And he doesn't hate all the media. He hates a lot of them, but there are some who are like former players or his friends, not his friends, but acquaintances. And he still doesn't let his guard down. You you never see anybody like that. Even guys who try to be like that, a guy like Nick Saban, he occasionally slips up and gives an actual quote, an actual comment that's worthwhile. Yeah, Jimmy Trainer from uh, SI says, this is the single most courageous journalist I've ever seen in my life, he calls her. Uh, does, he, does, does he name her? He calls her the most courageous journalist. And like I said, Brady said his resolution was to be as brave and courageous as she. And she gets a lot of attention for someone, by the way, as you point out, who doesn't even get named. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> and why is that? I don't know. I don't know. What does she have? Uh, yeah, I don't see any about her name here. But uh, anyway, anyway, that was funny. Do we do we have her asking the question? Uh, yes. Hold on. Here it is. 
Hi. Um, football aside, sorry, but I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah. No, not right now. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> he uh, says maybe next week, but uh, I love that too. Thanks. Thanks for what? For nothing. I mean, what a meek per If you're going to ask, that's my problem with it. I don't care that you ask a question. And you're right. He's never going to give anything anything up. So you might as well ask a dumb question. Anyway. But if, but own it. Don't, like, bow to this guy. He's a football coach. Just say, she hey. Says, she said our readers, so she's a writing. She's writing. Yeah. I mean, that is so – I mean, I'm sorry. Maybe it's – maybe it'll turn out to be a really great story, but uh, – New Year's resolutions? I mean, I don't care about it, but maybe, yeah, she's, maybe she's just picking successful, the most successful people and seeing what their New Year's resolutions are. That's fine. Yeah, she asked a bunch, I guess she asked a bunch of players, and they're obviously not, it's not as scary to ask, uh, she asked a question to uh, to Damian Harris as well, uh, but, I mean, it's just, you're right, not the time or the place, but if you're going to do it, just own just go, it. Just so go it, in, yeah, yeah go You in. might not like this, but too bad. I got a job to do it, I'm going to do it, and it wasn't... I guess you couldn't listen. Not my idea, but you can make it clear that's not your idea. That you're being forced against your will to uh, go down this road. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think after losing that game, you could ask Belichick, and he's never ever going to say anything to anyone. No, it that's was, the kind of game he gets pissed. He gets that pissed was an too. embarrassing yeah. game on your home field, where you just didn't. You know, uh, again, I sit down and watch the Patriots. I expect them to not just be competitive, but find a way get, and then. You know what I tell you was more embarrassing than asking that question was the whining from many in the media and the fans about the refs. I'm sorry. It's just, well, every, I, I gotta say those are, I've like, watched the, every Patriot game like, for the last 50. Oh, how about this for every game in the Belichick era? I would say they could get the, the next 700 calls could go and get the Patriots and they would still be ahead of the game on That's the ledger. That's fine. We're just talking about what the, that ledger doesn't exist anymore. We're just looking at the, the plays of the game that no roughing the passer on that one was, was catastrophic. That was a bad one where they hit him out of bounds. You can't do well, that, that. I mean, it does look, I, I give refs credit for picking up flags after they talk, after they talk, because if you think you got it wrong, you should say, you know, we get that wrong. No penalty. If you get some help from the other refs or the right. guy in your ear, um, I think they gave Hughes credit for trying to. It looked like you he tried to hold that. him up. Yeah, but you can't now, do that. Now uh, Mac Jones uh, landed uh, awkwardly. Really I'll awkward. Give that. Yeah. Could have got hurt. Could have. But it does appear that Hughes is trying to hold him up. But you can't means, do that. Don't touch him at all. Don't touch him oh, at all. Well, he did. I mean, obviously, I know, he didn't that, touch that him at all. Called. There wouldn't be any question. Should have been called. But but I think and then they call the penalty on David Andrews for for taunt or whatever misconduct for exactly. going after uh, right and uh, all, he didn't uh, he, that's a, that was a dumb call too it's not taunting he just stood up and said don't touch my quarterback like that yeah well you know what it, it is I mean it is inappropriate you don't I don't even think it was should have been roughing on the play you know he didn't really hit Mac Jones he just kind of bumped him on the ground it was like whatever I mean after that game do you think if the Patriots got both those calls, they went their way. Got every call the way they often do. You think they win? Yeah, probably not. It was a tough no, game. I mean, they played poor. It wasn't one of those games where you said, damn, the refs, you know, the, the refs stole that one. I'm sorry. That was a dominant performance by Buffalo, a team that you just beat on the road. But again, that was a weird game. That's the game with, you know, two passes and, you know, the, the run the ball 50, whatever it's 48 times. And the wind was such a big issue. It was a very strange, fluky game. The Patriots, Won it as they often do, but the Buffalo Bills got their revenge in, in a big way. 
the refs. I mean, those both those calls are arguable. They're not just blatant bad know. calls. I mean, I Mac Jones didn't get hurt. He didn't like drill him. He, he pushes him and then tries to hold him up. And it's like, you know, whatever. It could have gone either way. Put it that way. How about that? Could have gone either way. You sound like one of these uh, Patriot Hawks now. Our F screwed us. They screwed us. It's just blah, 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 I don't blah, think blah. it could have gone either way. I think they were bad calls. And I'm just going to, if they're and, bad and calls on either side, I'm going to say that they're a bad call. We, we've said call. this before. You want to complain about the taunting rule? rule Go sense. ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. But they put this rule in place and they told people that you can't yap at the other, you know, you can't like, say things to the opponent after the play. So if you do it and they get a flag, like David Andrews owned it. He didn't say, ah, I got screwed. He owned it. He said, I shouldn't have done that because he knows they're looking for that. He knows there's a, there's like this, this edict out there. You can't do that. Well, it should have so been looking for rough. It's your not that. fault. Well, fine. All right. All right. You got to get going. You're heading uh, up to Northern New Northern Maine for some reason. I got a sister. I'm going to yeah, see my sister. What do you do when you go up there? It's too cold to do anything, right? No Can't idea. I have no idea. I haven't been. They just moved up there, so I'm 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 a novice. But I like north. I I don't mind the desolate northern get away from people, Maine. I don't mind yeah, that at all. I don't mind it either, unless it's below zero. Then I mind it. Then it's no, you can't even like, you know, walk, take a walk, walk the dog without freezing your nostrils. I think I'm more off. hardy than you are because I can. Yeah. And I walk in my woods all the time in uh, in sub freezing weather. Yes, I do. I walk around the city all the time. Hell, I've been riding my bike until recently. It's getting a little cold yeah, for, cold for, for bike riding, but uh, I've been walking around. And it's been it's been nice. It hasn't been really painfully cold yet, but it's coming, Carano. It is. Uh, probably while you're up there, uh, yeah, with the with the you know the wild animals and the and the hardy folk in northern Maine. But yep. uh, you have a good time. Thank you. Uh, you have a good Christmas, by the way. You said you it's had a good low key. Yes, just me and my wife. Very, That's it. Huh? You yep. have nothing to add. Nothing. You didn't do anything notable. Nothing. In 34 seconds before the stream ends? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming, you know, getting up for us today. We appreciate right. it. Thanks to everybody for watching, for listening, for commenting. We appreciate it. Thanks to everybody for uh, sponsoring the show. Uh, we appreciate those people more than you can imagine, especially Mike Lindell. But, Thank you. I'm uh, Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will talk to you again real soon.